to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram, Ask Adam Torres, to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, um, signings, all that good stuff. I'd love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become an author in one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today we have John Bogdasarian on the line today. He is the president over at Permanis. Uh, John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I can see, um, obviously, you have a really uh, solid and robust background in real estate and investing, and I want to get more into what you're doing over at Promanus for your clients. Um, but before we do that, let's just start with your background. How did you get started as an entrepreneur? So graduating from college, basically, I mean, the first deal I did, I was uh, maybe first or second grade, and I was selling pop on the golf course. And so, yes. you know, from a, from a very early age, I started looking for ways to make my own buck, you know. Um, but post-college, which is more relevant to people, I think, um, I was virtually unemployable and uh, didn't really have a whole lot of worldly experience either. So I, I got a job selling uh, condominiums in a golf course community here outside of Ann Arbor. And um, I basically just went in and applied for the job and was told, sorry, you're, you know, you're too young. You won't work with the demographic here very well. And, and you don't have any sales experience and you barely graduated from college. And um, I think at the time, maybe I still had to complete a correspondence course to actually get that diploma. But um so I just said to the developer owner of the community, hey, you know, I'll work for free. Let me give me a chance. Let me prove myself. And he said, well, I'll pay you $10 an hour. And um, I said, hey, that's even better. And um, so I, I just went in and, and really um, created all the systems and, and started handling virtually every single sale that went through there. And I was pretty good at sales and raising the prices and making them money. And then from there, I just, you know, one thing led to another. I got my real estate agent license, um, found one of the top realtors in the entire United States of America, happened to be headquartered in a small town, Brighton, Michigan. So I went and worked for him. I was always working to learn something, not really for money. Um, and I wanted to learn how to perfect the sales skills and how to run your own business, which in real estate, as most brokers or agents know, you're, you're really self-employed. Um, and so that's when it started. And then it was always just trying to work my way out of that job and create more of a residual, you know, business on my own that was sustainable, that had management fees and things like that to support it. That's what kind of, kind of all uh, going. What kind of advice would you give to the, you know, new college grad that's thinking about going into real estate in today's market? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I meet with a lot of our investors, kids that are coming out of college and, and younger folks, usually uh, one or so every week. Um, and I've developed sort of a similar thing over, over the years. I just try and think back and what I did was um, basically what I would advise, which is, don't get jobs for money or to pay the bills or anything else. Get get a get a job because you have a skill set that you want to learn, something that you think you'd be good at and you want to know more about. So my priorities are always have always been and my advice is always to first work to learn something um 
Second, make sure you're providing a value to someone, you know, a, a service you're creating value. Um, make sure it's fun and you're enjoying it because then it's not really like work. And then, you know, fourth component is really the money aspect of it. I don't really like having a cap on how much money I can make. So I never really would do well in a field like, um, I don't know, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. You can pick a field and say, well, you'll never make a lot of money in that field. But then the fact is, is you could if you really wanted to. I mean, you could create things. But let's say, for instance, you're really passionate about, um, uh, you know, non be running nonprofits, and and you're you're big into the nonprofit sector. You're not going to make a a ton of money running a nonprofit. But then again, if that's your passion, that compensation component isn't as big to you as it might be to somebody else. So it's really not that important. But if the comp if the money component is huge to you, I still say put that in fourth position because money at the end of the day is just money and it's not really good unless you know how to use it, how to work with it, how to invest it in things, how to help other people with it, you know, things like that. That's great. Um, let's talk more about what you're doing over at uh, Promana. So what kind of clients do you help and what do you help them with? So, yeah, we're very much bricks and mortar, stay within my knowledge and 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 an area of expertise. I, I've listened to a number of your podcasts. I find them very um, informational and entertaining. You're interviewing people in worlds way outside my experience. Um, I just, from a skeptic standpoint, have this mindset of, you know, if it's bricks and mortar, if it provides a fundamental human need, like a place to operate your business from, a place to manufacture goods and services in, a place to, you know, a roof over your head, um, if if that's what you're, you own or what you're building or producing, if that's your product, then it will always have value provided, you know, you're avoiding the pitfalls that that can be experienced in real estate, like, you know, buying things out in a farm field that could potentially become functionally obsolete. But it's very simple for me to understand. It's logical. It makes sense. And so that's where I've always gravitated towards. And so what I do essentially is I work in that world and I find things that I feel make sense, things that I think will provide a value or service for people, um, things that will provide a good return on equity, and then things that I want to personally invest in myself, that was harder to think about in the beginning because I didn't have any money. So I was using 100% investor capital on deals. And that can be distracting because you're worried about, you know, making fees or, um, you know, equity yourself. Um, but more and more, it's easier now to think about the deal in terms of where I want to put my money because now I have some of my own money. And so that's primarily what I do. I just think of places that are backed by real estate, things that I can understand where I'd want to put my own money. And then that's what I do. I put my money there. And we also have 400 plus accredited investors that actively participate with us alongside us in these various deals. And so we, that's really the service we provide. We make, uh, we make rich people richer, I like to say, but um, or give them a safe place to put their money is how we look at it. Let's talk a little bit more about um, specializing because I, I find it so important. And whenever I'm talking or interviewing somebody, um, 
just whether it's for an investment or just for, for the podcast, um, you can always kind of weed out who is really good at what they do and who aren't. And, and, and usually comes back to specialization, in my opinion, um, and staying in your lane. Can you, can you elaborate on that? Well, real estate's actually a pretty broad category. Uh, most of the people that I know either, you know, they, they do multifamily only, let's say mm-hmm. apartments, or they are a developer and they build condominiums, or they own industrial buildings and they have big industrial portfolios and that's what they understand is industrial. Um, mm-hmm. I have one good friend that all they do is retail. Um, so inside real estate in and of itself, you could be very specific. I don't do that. I don't believe in that. I look at real estate as my category and we do everything inside that category. Um, I don't think there's a type of transition or uh, product that I haven't owned or built or dealt with at one given time or another because I've lived through the 25-year cycle of real estate, which can be you know anywhere from 20 to 30 years. Uh, you cycle through these things. And so at some times, sorry, they're testing our alarm in our new building here, I guess, um, if you caught that in the background. But so as you live through that real estate cycle, what I came to realize is it's not always a good time to be putting up new buildings. New development only has a window that exists for anywhere from two to seven years. And so if you miss that window and you're building at the wrong time, you're going to go broke on your development deals. Um, Likewise, buying existing assets, that window was wide open from 2000, late 2008 all the way through about 2015. And then it slammed shut. You know, people are now, in my opinion, paying top dollar for existing assets. In fact, we just sold um, uh, nine of our buildings for $84 million. I think we paid $45 million for them over the last, you know, seven years. I mean, it's, or 50 maybe, I don't know. But it's, you know, we could hold them because we bought them right at the right time. But my point is simply, if you limit yourself too much to one specific category, like a like a, a specific asset type or geographic region when it comes to real estate, I think you're really limiting what you're going to be capable of accomplishing. Um, but I do advocate staying within real estate because there's no way for me to know about emerging markets and bonds and stocks and arbitrage plays and other financial products, startup companies. I mean, I... I I do dabble in some of that stuff, but not with other people's money. Uh, I wouldn't um, want to do that. Got it. And um, could you, you, you touched on this, but maybe uh, just go a little bit deeper. Can you speak to any trends that you're noticing in the, in the uh, industry right now? Yeah. I mean, I, we're in a development cycle right now. I don't know how long that'll last. It's a weird one, um, partly because of what's happening in the political world with, uh, the deportation of a lot of the, you know, more affordable labor uh, that we have in the United States, the tariffs that are being placed on imports, which is creating pricing pressure pressure on materials. We're at, you know, essentially full, uh, fully employed, you know, so full employment. So you, you don't have a lot of job growth situations going on. You have people changing from one type of job to another. So it's not a boom in development like I would describe back in the, that we saw back in the, uh, let's say, starting in the mid-90s all the way up through about 2005. There was that long protracted 10-year 
development boom where uh, the growth of real estate and development of real estate itself became this like self-fulfilling thing, right? Like you had more deals going on, so you had more title companies opening, you had more construction companies, you had more, you know, employment, you had more, it was just this widening thing, which is partly what created the bubble. Um, I don't see that now. What I see now is you have to be very selective in what you build. Um, you've got to really cater to a specific niche. So the, the high-end second home market, you know, uh, high-end oceanfront um, condominiums, things like that. There are a lot of people with a lot of disposable income that will just come down and pay cash for a $2 million high-end condo. We're doing an 18-story high-rise in Sarasota right now, and it's, um, it's crazy. Sales are bananas. Um, likewise, we have development projects in Denver, Nashville. We really target Washington, D.C. We target specific cities that have people that are wanting to move there. Again, they're leaving other places, right? So you have to be careful. You can't build in the towns or the, 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 the small tier three towns that people are moving away from. You have to move in the, in the cities and, and build in the cities where people are moving to where you have some population growth, um, you know, naturally. So that's kind of what we're seeing and what we're catering towards. Again, we're, we're small, so we're very nimble and we can do, you know, do things that the big monster PE companies can't do because we're not working with billions of capital. You know, we're working with hundreds of millions, but it's not billions. And so it's a little easier to be nimble in that regard. No, that's great. Um, and, John, if somebody wants to get more uh, information about Permanis, what's the best way for them to do so? They could just shoot an email to ir at promanis.com, investor relations, IR. Um, at, uh, Promanis was just this acronym I came up with for professional management and acquisitions. So it's P-R-O-M-A-N-A-S, um, like Sam on the end. Manas rhymes with bananas. So yeah, we're always happy it. to. Uh, yeah, um, I I would also say if there are younger people out there that are looking to figure out how to syndicate deals or do deals on their own, you know, I started with seven investors um, and no money, you know, of my own, and um, and I have a lot of people that will get on our potential investor list. We'll send them copies of our of our materials. I'm share this with anybody and everybody who's interested in learning. I love it. People helped me out a long time ago and we're happy to help them out. So, awesome. um, yeah, we don't, we don't mind who signs up to participate in our deals. You have to meet the accredited investor criteria, but, um, you know, to, to get on our list, you don't. So whatever works for your listeners is fine. All right. Well, hey, John, I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come on the show today. And uh, to the listeners, as always, uh, thank you for tuning in. Go check out uh, Permanis. Um, and that being said, thank you for your time. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel and uh, also to leave a review and support our podcasters. I appreciate it. And thanks again, John.